Ding, 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 ding. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends, and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom and KJ. All right. Great to have you back, as always. This episode, we are taking a look back at season one to appreciate and honor the good, the bad, and the ugly of season one. Welcome to the inaugural Trivial Awards, where we'll be awarding trivies for various accomplishments and achievements. Some of the categories we will be exploring today include best guest moment, best snack, best ad, most surprising movie, best movie, and of course, best episode. We'll be using the Trivitron 5000 to determine the winners. KJ, what are some of the other awards that didn't quite make the official broadcast tonight? Well, tonight we're going to be announcing very many trivia awards live, but there were a few trivia awards given out off mic, and we wanted to mention them before we got started. We had the longest episode with Coming to America at one hour and 55 minutes. We had the most points scored in an episode at Planes, Trains, and Automobiles at 271 points scored by the guest, Mike. The least points scored in an episode was Phantom Carriage. That's Ragnar with negative seven points. The most B-sides generated... That was Afterlife, with three B-sides made. The longest-running ad series was the Screaming Lapel Pins. Thanks for all those screams, Tom. Our most frequent guest, Pat Gavin, with four appearances on Broken Blossoms, Bride of Frankenstein, Mike O'Han, and The Third Man. Ragnar, the close second, with three appearances, Rules of the Game, M, and The Phantom Carriage. We're going to jump right into the beginning of the Trivial Awards. The first category for the Trivial Awards is Best Guest Moment. And the nominees are Pat McKean trying to say Talking Pictures Trivia. And again, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, guys. It's such a pleasure to be able to join you here. And I I love talking movies with friends. That's the title, right? Talking. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Let me try it again. (laughs) Thank thank you very much for having me. I, I... Thank you very much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. And I absolutely love talking pictures with friends. All right, so I realized I screwed up on mine again. <laughs> I said talking pictures with friends. I didn't say talking pictures with talking <laughs> pictures <laughs> trivia. So, yeah. All right, yeah, so, you can redo it uh, if you I, want. It's so, up to you. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. And I absolutely love talking pictures with trivia. Hey, geez, Louise, <laughs> how hard is this? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so talking pictures trivia, correct? <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> I, I, last attempt. Thanks, guys. I really enjoyed being on today's show, and I absolutely love talking pictures trivia. All right, yeah! there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. Justin, I don't want to sound like a crazy person. I'd like to add just so I don't seem crazy um so t- yeah time and space is real within this re- but we don't know if this is the base reality I would, that's what I would add it is real as far as science has gotten so far that's our best information but we're missing a lot of information I, and I don't think it's necessarily that this is the base reality <laughs> I, I think I know what you're saying because there's even the the theory that if we're this advanced, there's a chance we're in a simulation. I think it goes into that type of thought process. Right. And 
Ragnar proving that he wrote it down. All right, very nice. I'm on a bind here because it was red pencil shavings, not red ink. So do I give everyone a point or no one? Oh, Ragnar wrote red pencil. Look at that, red yeah. pencil. Oh, Ragnar. <laughs> but he, he didn't say the but window I, cell. I, I, yeah, I did say the window cell. He did say the window cell, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Ragnar, you beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think you know, Ragnar's getting two. Um, oh, I hate to be a stickler about this, but... It... And the winner of tonight's first trivia is... Justin, I don't want to sound like a crazy person. Now, this was my nomination for this category, and I thought it was quite funny... Uh, we, we started off Movie Rant with that exact phrase where Justin illustrates that he doesn't want to sound like a crazy person, which usually means someone is going to sound like a crazy person. However, we really went into a, a deeper conversation. This was the episode regarding Back to the Future 1. Yeah, it, it was. And we, I think most of the conversation was about is it possible to to time travel <laughs> which and, and having the fact that none of us have any kind of education in <laughs> physics really made it made it intriguing um or or, or maybe not intriguing uh would, would be the word but yeah it was it was back to the future when i think we were talking about like being able to time travel Right? I think it went even deeper than that. I think it went into, are we, didn't that go into like, are we in a simulation talk? Yeah. Are we real? Yeah, it, it went matrixy. Yes, it went, it went into, deep. Yeah, yeah, which we, we came to no positive conclusion, I don't think. Well, Apparently goodness. we, yeah, we might be able to travel forward in time and we, we, uh, and apparently somebody quoted Elon Musk saying that we probably are in a matrix. And I think that was the, <laughs> the, 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 the total insight that we were able to give our, our listeners on that day. I'm not saying it was full consensus, but I think there was at least partial consensus that some of us could fathom going forward in time. But going back in time was just craziness. You, I, I mean, it, it depends on the size of the object. Like, like the... I, you can Tom doesn't want to sound like a crazy person. Yeah, I don't but... want to sound like a crazy person, <laughs> but we, we don't have to do this here. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's been a lot of good guest moments. <laughs> <laughs> what about some of those other contenders? Well, I just want to uh, say thanks to all the guests for being on the show. Um, you know, I, I really think that, that we wouldn't have lasted nearly as long if we didn't have fresh blood every week. And it, it's great that people showed up every week and had different ideas and, and different things. So, I, I think it's really great that we have that some of these moments like Justin saying, I don't want to sound like a crazy person and then proceeding to, um, well, uh, we all sounded yeah, a little crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a little crazy episode. Um, but, but and the, the other two that were nominated was uh, Pat McKeon trying to say thanks for, for being on um, talking pictures with friends. Jeez Louise. That, that was, <laughs> that was really, that was so good. Um, it went on for a while. Um, it's a hard it's a hard show name to remember unfortunately for us i was i was talking to our only listener and um <laughs> he, he was saying i met him once what's his name 
what it's uh oh we our, can't our, say it okay no yeah, no our, our number yeah. one listener is, is kagar he's got us uh, yeah. set to download on all of his devices so we get like five <laughs> listens for every episode it's, <laughs> it's very nice monetizing um, but he was saying you know for a trivia podcast we don't really do a lot of trivia we do a lot of subjective <laughs> questions and and you know talking pictures sure but it's really just talking pictures with friends we're not <laughs> he liked those other titles better than <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i feel like we're in too deep i don't know <laughs> oh no i agree <laughs> um and then then the other moment um ragnar proven that he wrote it down that was that oh, was on red, the red uh, shock yeah yep or red pencil red it pencil was in the shavings episode. yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That yeah. was yes, great. That was the episode for it was M. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it was the evidence that uh what's his name? That Peter Laurie's character did the crime. KJ threw me off on that one because I actually knew that it was red pencil, but I think you said red pen, and yeah. I think I said the same. <laughs> and I was like, yep. no. This is why you have to lock in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I did, I just didn't <laughs> listen to his details. Mm-hmm. I should have been more specific. Yeah, that, those were definitely some great moments. And there were plenty others that we couldn't even, uh, you know, get into the nominee list. But there was uh, tons of great guest moments. Keeping it going with the guests, uh, one of the questions we've asked all the guests was, what snack do they recommend uh, consuming while watching, uh, while consuming the movie? Um, and we had a lot of great answers. Um, really enjoyed some of the snacks that the guests came up with. And here were three of our favorites. The nominees are... Pat Gavin for Broken Blossoms with McSorley's beer and vegetable lo mein. Uh, Pat McKeon on the Shaun of the Dead episode recommended dark wine and beef jerky. Dark red wine. Dark red wine and beef jerky. Not dark white wine. <laughs> a dark white wine <laughs> on a cool hot night. Um, and uh, our final nomination is James Lehman on our first episode where we had a guest, Mad Max Fury Road, with a tall glass of water. Let's go to the Trivitron 5000. Beep, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, 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 boop. And the winner is Pat Gavin with McSorley's beer. I've never been to McSorley's. Have you guys actually been there? Yes. Yeah, I've been there before. Yes, I probably have been there with Tom. I would imagine. At some yeah, point. I've actually been there with Pat Gavin too. <laughs> I've actually been there with Justin, who was yeah. one of our other kids. So th- this is a good winner because we've all, <laughs> except KJ. But yeah, McSorley's is for people who don't know bar in the lower, kind of on the edge of the village in the East Village. I'm right by like a block down from Cooper's Union, and um, you get these little glasses yeah. of beer, either dark or light, which the dark beer is really good and they come out in these big trays and it's um uh, uh, uh wood shavings on the floor that that type of thing Old be- school. the other thing i'm hoping to do once uh people can hang out again without fear of uh, disease or whatever it would be really fun to get a bunch of these snacks and try them like that the tim tam slam from um the infinity chamber mm-hmm. episode uh by, yeah that one uh, sounded Ross. good yeah, yeah. no I, I think it would be a lot of fun to to go through some of these snacks and maybe watch the trailers or something. I don't know. Do something corny. Mm -hmm. Now, I would just like to point out some of the other ones that were there. I particularly liked, and I thought it was very fitting for the film, Shaun of the Dead, the dark red wine and beef jerky. I thought that was a really good pairing. 
Um, Especially for like, and I think this, I know this was a comedy zombie movie, but I think that could go for a lot of like zombies, just the, 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 the flesh simulation through the (laughs) beef jerky and the, the dark red wine simulating the blood. I I thought that was uh, pretty spot on for this or any other kind of, you know, zombie movie in the horror genre as well. Yeah, that was pretty clever. I like that. <laughs> I think I've had beef jerky before, but when I imagine it, I imagine just having to keep chewing it and chewing it and chewing it. Is that? Yeah, you didn't have good beef jerky. Yeah, no, it was. I, yeah, I'm not a big beef jerky fan either. You got to uh... get some fresh beef jerky, like like really. I, I've actually made it uh, slow, slow, low and slow mm. before. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. But yeah, you probably got like the stuff at Seven Eleven that is like pretty yeah. much just like licking salt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was not <laughs> yeah, a good experience. Salted meat, it's <laughs> yeah, like a, like yeah. a you know, going into the prairie or something. And... <laughs> yeah, that's not it. Although talking about the other best snacks, the tall glass of water when you're in Mad Max world, <laughs> th- that's that's a good one. That, that was pretty that funny. Yeah, it, that was it my complimented favorite. the desert, but it also complimented the pacing of that movie, how quick it goes and. Even if it wasn't in a desert, I feel like you'd want a glass of water just to, yeah. Like it's, it's also just funny. Like that's your your movie treat. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just this bottle of water. <laughs> uh, doesn't compete with a loaf of bread in the theater, but you know. <laughs> I was gonna nominate that one. Um, that on our on our most recent episode, we had a whole bit about <laughs> eating bread in a theater, but I don't know how I, you know did. Should that credit go to Pat Gavin? Or that was my <laughs> the, the legalese of it. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah. 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 It wasn't it wasn't a nominated food. No. Right. It wasn't right. a guest food. So right, it doesn't right. count. Yeah. Yeah. That was our first it's also our first guest show, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty exciting having um it was James is my brother for if we don't mention that in the episode. I think we do. Um yeah, but that one that went pretty well how many episodes have we done before a guest not that many right six before we had oh our guest mm-hmm. six. six yeah yeah James done like a, seven yeah and then had done also the uh the alpha season which is what 12 episodes how many episodes did we do for alpha nine nine nine, nine and it includes um punter punter pair parapunt no 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 no, uh, no. Pear punt was a whole nother, <laughs> a whole uh, yeah, other animal. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So it's it's kind of like we had an alpha season and then five episodes before we found like the form of the show, which is which is pretty interesting. Uh, it took some time, but you know it, it yeah. was it was a good process. The third category for the trivial awards is our best ad. We throughout the podcast have had a number of ads. Uh, celebrating wonderful, innovative, interesting, and customer-satisfying products that we made up and then pretended were real. We spent a lot of time this first season pushing a lot of nothing. We've sold a ton of nothing. Nobody has sold more nothing than we have. And tonight, we want to celebrate that nothing. The nominees are Perfectly Placed. Have you ever wanted to learn how to play guitar? Do you have a sudden urge to reconnect with out-of-town family and friends? Perhaps you'd like to finally learn how to tie your shoes instead of relying on Velcro. With Perfectly Placed, we'll strategically position notes, instructional manuals, 
reference materials, and other reminders of things you'd like to do but never seem to get around to doing. After filling out our one-question questionnaire and providing us copies of keys to all your residences and vehicles, as well as combinations to all your safes, we'll place these friendly reminders for you to stumble upon throughout your day. Perfectly placed, we get around to reminding you about what you'll get around to do. Upright Cat Marlowe's Saga Marlowe sits in his hard, worn leather chair, a cigarette in his mouth, whiskey on his breath, her memory glowing in his eye. The life of a private eye wears on the soul, leaving only the toughest of the tough to swim in the grimy waters of 21st century San Francisco. And lastly, Screaming Lapel Pins Variety Pack. For a night of beer with the boys, there's the Tavern Howl. For that lady you just need to dazzle, the Panther Purr. For a family get-together where you want to connect with distant cousins, there's the contemplative land possum. And of course, for that special someone in your life to whom you just want to say thank you, there's my favorite, the reverberating oxen. Be a style icon. Pick up a screaming lapel pin today. Screaming lapel pin. And the winner is... Upright Cat Marlowe Saga. Yay! Yay! I just Yay. realized I was—I just realized I was <laughs> muted during the whole Trivitron Five Thousand. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I just figured you were having noises. <laughs> no, I did a whole like thing. <laughs> and that's our winner, Upright Cat Marlowe Saga. It was a good one. You know, the ads have been a lot of fun to make. Oh, I really yeah. enjoyed yeah. making. I, I hope our listeners, um, you know, don't don't unsubscribe Tolerate. because. Of... <laughs> uh, these ads it's been you know the show's a lot of fun to make but it's it's been fun coming up with them trying them seeing what works seeing what doesn't i i've really enjoyed it what's also nice for the listening audience to know if they haven't seen it already we've actually isolated the variety of ads on a playlist on our youtube channel so if you just want to cut to the chase and see what we're pitching you can go right there and check it all out they're a lot of fun or at least i think so yeah, you might you might be able to follow the Marlowe one if you listen to it all at once. Um, yes, know. yes, the yeah. whole saga is there in mm-hmm. in one recording, and we try to do that for anything that is over multiple episodes to maximize your enjoyment. Yeah. Upright Cat Marlowe Saga was actually my nomination for this category. Oh, that was the first long form type. Uh, series that we had on this and I really did enjoy even the broken down ones to see where he ends up mm-hmm. and spoiler alert Marlo realizes at the end that he is actually a cat <laughs> yes so we... uh, yeah it's good. hey cat act like a man <laughs> mm. yeah I, I do some editing on the show um, and including some of that some of the ads I'll, I'll edit before they go out and every time a Screaming Lapelpin ad comes up, I would tell myself, look, it's not that funny. It's just Tom in front of a microphone, probably in a closet somewhere, 
making these noises. They're not funny. But every time it gets to the end and I hear the or whatever it was, I couldn't stop laughing. Whether I was up in the living room and everybody was around or wherever I was, I, people are they're hilarious, Tom. I enjoyed okay. every one of those screams. They were. Good. I think the constipated armadillo. Uh, oh my caught god! Me. Yeah, at the end, you could feel the armadillo's frustration. <laughs> <laughs> and like Tom, do you have a notebook or something? Like where did these? Did... Were some of them your dog? No, so I would sometimes just do it myself. Sometimes I would um, edit it in with sounds from the internet. So I just mix it that way. A lot of it's just me making funny sounds. <laughs> I don't, it's in a closet, like you said, just yelling at a microphone. The, the other thing is I, I'll listen back to these episodes and um, sometimes I'll have to pick up my, my daughter from volleyball. Mm-hmm. And I'm always nervous that when you play something in your car and you're sitting in a parking lot, other people can hear it out of your car right? you ever see somebody's on the phone and you can kind of hear the and we get to the screaming of belpins and i'm just wondering what the other parents are thinking that's that guy that has <laughs> his car every so often <laughs> there was another one and perfectly placed was originally my brainchild and then everyone else ran with it which was awesome i love when someone could come up with an idea and then everyone else can kind of take their creative liberties with it but there was one that I wrote that I actually think was one of my favorite just because of the way KJ read it. So there was a, there was a perfectly placed we did for the Mad Max Fury road. And I don't think it would have been as enjoyable as it was if, if KJ didn't read it with, you actually do have a fairly decent range of accents. I do not. So I, I thought that was one of the, the better ones in the series, just because of how you read it. Thank you. Which one, which one was that? What was the perfectly placed um, it was like a Mad Max kind of situation where the guy, KJ, maybe you can elaborate. Oh, this is Mad Max is about a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, uh, he didn't renew his subscription. So when he reaches for his sawed off shotgun, the shells aren't there. So he gets ah, ripped I in half you. by a chainsaw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the punchline yes. of the yes. 20 yeah. second ad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But that, I, I think that was a great read. Mm-hmm. There were some other really good ones too. Again, we we can't list them all. And I didn't know if I was cheating by putting in a saga, you know, like the Marlowe saga, but there there were some, even the recent ones with um, Jane of My Youth, the ones that are more over multiple episodes. I yeah, think but... they're really enjoyable to follow the story. And that's why we do want to make sure that our listeners can enjoy them in its entirety too after the fact in case they didn't catch the episodes in order <laughs> so yeah that that's one of the problems with sagas it's uh it's like an hour audiobook but who knows what order people are going to listen to it in that's the challenge right writing one that you could listen to in any order and it still works although we can't forget some of the original ones with our instant combustible poster board there were oh, some oh i forgot yeah 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 that had a that had a story one right not a saga yes but they were they were usually different stories they weren't connected i'm telling you tom you're the one who wrote them (laughs) yeah i forgot (laughs) there was was one with zombies and a vampire and yeah that was the that was the long story one yeah um that's when the world ended uh a lot of my stories involve the end of the world 
The next category we'll be exploring today on the Trivial Awards is the most surprising movie. Now, we've seen quite a collection of movies over the past uh, 33 episodes, which is amazing. And some of them were movies we were all familiar with. Some were first watches. In fact, a lot were first watches for me personally, and I think I'd say across the board. So every once in a while, you come across a movie that you may not have expected to enjoy as much as you did. So this category allows us to examine some of those movies and see which one we thought was the most surprising. And the nominees are Afterlife, Castaway on the Moon, and The Night of the Hunter. And the winner of tonight's most surprising trivia is... Castaway on the Moon. This ah. movie came to us from Korea. In fact, was it the only Korean movie we saw? I know we saw it, some Japanese movies. It was, yeah. I think it was the only Korean movie we watched. I will say this was my nomination. And this is a movie that I never anticipated watching. KJ, this is definitely a KJ pick, as you all know out there. This is definitely a, a KJ film. And I thoroughly enjoyed this one. In fact, I'd say of, I'm not going to just say KJ picks, but any of the foreign films, this was my most enjoyable, of course. And throughout the whole season, I, I, this is the one that really surprised me. And now I know we had some other good candidates for this one, which we can explore. But what did you guys think about uh, this specific film? I think it's fitting it won this category. I, the the reason I brought it was because uh, I had seen it on a plane and I was surprised by it. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of things in the movie I liked. I, I liked um, the the way her uh, mental condition was treated. She the, the main character is an extreme agoraphobic, and she can't you know she can't leave her her apartment until the end when she you know gets out of there um, and so the apartment's just filled with crap it's just filled with trash and all that and um there's this end ending sequence after when once the credits have started to roll it's actually within the credits of the camera kind of um you know kind of leaning over the garbage in her room um, and it does it in this kind of loving way right it, it's not kind of condemning her it's just sort of looking at the space she was in the space she used to occupy um and and that kind of detail the movie has a lot of those in there um even though it is it is kind of a broader comedy it feels like something you know the acting style feels like something much older um but th those kind of details are, are in the movie and they make it certainly worth watching uh, another movie nominated was Afterlife, um, and my wife Rachel was on that episode. She was very surprised because she thought it was a different movie when she agreed to <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> what did you think it was? Uh, it was the one I think that we're going to have coming up uh, next in our next set of movies, uh, Memory of Motsko, um, mm -hmm. which is is a little less placid, I think was the word you used there, Tom, to describe Afterlife. <laughs> um, so she was... Uh, she was um, She's a trooper. She made it all the way through the movie, but the scowl on her face for that two hours was. <laughs> yeah, that movie was a surprise. Um, I, I liked Afterlife a lot. It, 
it, it it's a one of these kind of movies that has eschewed all irony. I think that's what I liked about it. Why it was surprising. I mean, it's hard to make a movie with without any kind of bite to it whatsoever, right? And this movie, uh, in, in its in its kind of still pond like means of of building this world, this um, I don't know. Purgatory, Nick? <laughs> Would you like to call it that? Oh boy, not this. <laughs> yeah. Or this, this purgatory. No, what was, what <laughs> did we agree on in in uh, later in the episode? Um, not purgatory, okay. but well, I was kind of defending a more of a um, I, like a way station type thing, and you were saying it. Mm-hmm. Pat McKeon threw out purgatory. Yes, purgatory. <laughs> but no, we went into something which, which else. is purgatory. It's your pur being purged. <laughs> Limbo. Limbo was another thing that you we thought might be more yeah based on my interpretation. But needless to say, we had plenty of talking on mm-hmm. that topic. Yeah, we've made how many three B sides out of that? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we just kept talking about this goddamn movie. What um, I will say, I I know I was in the minority. You two seem to thoroughly enjoy this movie much more than I did. Now I'm not going to trash it. I just didn't it wasn't necessarily for me i've hmm. i didn't hate it it just it, you guys were much more enamored with it than i was yeah i i, I actually liked that a lot that was surprising just because it's it's so kind of delicate and so honest with everything um and and that's that's yeah i guess not common <laughs> and then our other nominee night of the hunter um i nominated this one I, growing up, my mom used to watch old movies, and I'm sure I walked through the room while while they were on. So when I saw Night of the Hunter and I saw the poster, I was like, oh, yeah, I already know what these old movies are all about, even though I'd never seen one. I'd only, you know, seen little, not even bits and pieces of them, right? I either heard them from the other room or saw them from the dinner table from afar. And Night of the Hunter was great. That was an amazing movie. I was, I was, I don't know why I was surprised, but I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that one too, and I wouldn't have been surprised if the Trivitron 5000 picked that movie to win this category. But that was a very good watch. Just the flow of the movie, the acting. I I was also pleasantly surprised by that, and in fact, it was a contender for me thinking about this category. So I did agree with KJ on that one. Yeah, that that's one of my one of my favorites of all time. Um, it, it's also, it, you, you kind of realize too, that movies from like 1920 to, to 1950 or so, um, a lot of them, especially if you go overseas and whatnot, though Night of the Hunter is American, are, are a lot of times more experimental than movies of, let's say the sixties. And that kind of spirit comes back in the seventies and, or, or even more so than like the eighties and nineties. Um, but you know, something like Night of the Hunter feels so much more modern than, you know, a lot of movies that I saw in the 90s, just because it's, it's sort of borrowing from a lot of kind of experimental traditions that have been, um, by the time, you know, we come along with our births and whatnot, uh, have kind of been recycled or filtered out, you're not seeing that as much anymore in popular movies. And so it makes these movies that, you know, you'd think of as, um, as something that we've grown past, see much more kind of alive. Our fifth trivial award being handed out tonight is for best movie. We watched 33 movies for the flagship show, 
and there were a lot of good movies. There were a few bad movies too, huh? There was some, yeah. There was some, right? <laughs> yeah, Kendra, you picked yeah, a few bad ones right? in there. <laughs> they weren't all good. <laughs> they, they, were, our... they were always bad in an interesting way. Let's be <laughs> well, honest. Usually a lot to talk about, yes. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Wait till next season. All right, so... Then, <laughs> they... <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> the nominees for best movie are Night of the Hunter, M and Rules of the Game. The winner is Night of the Hunter. Yay! Solid, solid, solid choice. Solid choice, Trivitron. Uh, yeah, very good. What a picker of movies. I think are all of these my movies? <laughs> yes i win no matter what um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we've talked about that quite a bit actually already and, and mm-hmm. it was a it was a great movie i mean what more can you say i say a lot we have yeah, a two-hour podcast which you can check out on our youtube channel our podcasts <laughs> wherever podcasts are yes. sold <laughs> found freely distributed yeah. listen to <laughs> yeah um but yeah a lot of good movies I don't, I don't know what else to i mean we can just gush about them but they well were... I'll, I'll just say this was actually a tough category so when you watch 33 movies and you have to figure out what you think is the best movie it's pretty challenging and i broke it down and i really just wanted to think about the ones that just kept going in my mind after i watched it or we had really engaging conversations on and the movie that I chose for this uh, nomination was M, which even surprised me because I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it until after you know some time had passed and we discussed it in the different elements. It's a movie that I had seen years past with Tom at KJ's house, but KJ wasn't there for most of it. Uh, see the episode to see why. But that was one that kept coming back to me on many different levels. But I will say Night of the Hunter... 100%. That, that's a great movie. Rules of the Game was good. I didn't enjoy it as much as the other two in this category, but it was an enjoyable film. Uh, where did you guys stand on these ones? Well, I liked them all because I, <laughs> I brought them. Um, it's, it's interesting because M and Night of the Hunter are both very expressionistic. Um, they're very much invested in uh, you know this, this kind of crime crime spree or, or criminality, right? They're both invested in that. And they both use kind of distorting film mechanisms in order to get at that. Um, but what's interesting about them is even though they're both kind of stylistically and almost um, in some ways thematically very similar, uh, Night of the Hunter is very much a rural Southern type of thing. And M is this like European urban uh, type of thing. They're they're very different in terms of uh, of the setting and the world in which they're in. Yet the style both shapes these worlds in similar ways, despite the fact they're they're like polar opposites. Um, and then rules of the game is just a different beast altogether. That's you know that's this uh, a, a kind of um, you know somewhat somewhat screwball, somewhat farcical kind of comedy of manners that's that I think is, yeah, pretty lovely. 
Sorry, every time you say farce or something farce related, I feel like I need to drink. So, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As I said, all these movies were great, and almost every movie you brought, Tom, was great. And Nick, all the movies you brought were classics, and you know the movies I brought were the movies I brought. So I, I, I really like <laughs> the, all the different types of movies we have on this show too. I don't know if the audience enjoys it or if we can find an audience because of that. Um, but, but I, I, what's been another crazy thing about this is for every week for the last 33 weeks we've been watching a movie and i'm always excited to watch whatever that movie is you know it's not like we're doing all uh, japanese war movies or we're doing all i don't know comedy so i think one of the strengths of the show is the different movies that we're, we're bringing to the table so many of you may realize uh, we tease each other a lot. We've also known each other since like the fifth grade. So even though I may tease KJ about his, some of his off the wall, in my opinion, movies, it's still nice to see things out of your normal comfort zone. Whether you thoroughly enjoy it or not, it's something that you would not have picked off the shelf yourself. And even some of Tom's picks going into classics, they're movies I probably should have seen who, that I've just not gotten around to. And I'll defend myself a little bit too. I like to, you know, pop culture, things that I just thoroughly enjoy or are relevant to the audience of the times. So it's a nice mix between the three different elements to really give us some variety, as KJ said, and not be stuck in a rut of the same type of films. Yeah, I was also going to say the movies we select end up kind of forming narratives, right? What what we're kind of picking. Um, I, I end up looking at... Uh, my movies end up being kind of an exploration of like 1920s um, Europe, you know, like interwar movies when you know, there's this like studio battles going on in, in uh, Germany and, and what have you. Um, and then Nick is like the uh, like 79 to 90, 78 through 90, the, the kind of, um, I guess, remaking of pop culture. That's kind of what I'm. What ends up kind of for me anyway, when watching your movies, Nick, was that you have like the '70s where pop culture and kind of like art, um, the the like Artaud theory type thing, not Artaud theory, sorry, uh, auteur theory starts to kind of merge, and then we get into like the late '70s and the '80s, and it's like a new kind of pop that's coming out, and you know that uh, isn't like any other generation, and. With KJ's movies, it's it's interesting to see like the kind of, you know, what you call mid-level, not in terms of quality, but mid-level in terms of audience size uh, that comes out of Asia, which is really seems invested in um, the pop culture of another generation, another, um, another culture, rather. Uh, and th that is probably the most interesting exploration. I think like... Uh, uh, Michael Hahn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Han. Was Michael Hahn. Yeah. yeah, it was probably the most invested in a particular culture that I'm not familiar with and required, you know, uh, um, it required a lot of, uh, how to say it, uh, tolerance on I my part. I thought you were going to say patience. <laughs> oh, patience, yeah, yeah, patience too. Right, because it's it's a movie that is sort of, too much right you know like th that kind of performance i don't think would fly in in, a, in an american movie you know um but i think those are the kind of narratives that pop out of this this season 
going to what you're saying about Michael Hahn, I don't know if KJ had already either exposed me to other foreign films by this point or worn me down with other foreign films by this point. But I enjoyed that more than some of the other, what I thought before was ridiculous things. Now, there's ups and downs through that film, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know if I would have enjoyed that movie as much if I didn't see some of those other uh, Asian films before that. So that's what's interesting in this exploration that we go through with these different types of movies. And I'm sure we're going to continue to expand upon that in the season that's coming up soon before we know it. Ladies and gentlemen, the sixth and final category for the Trivial Awards is the best episode. And we'd just like to thank everyone who contributed to these episodes, our legions of fans who supported us through the year, um, our financial backers who definitely exist and give us tons of money that is real. We'd like to thank everyone before the announcement of this precious award. And the nominees are The Bride of Frankenstein, Halloween, and Halloween. <laughs> and the winner is... Surprise, surprise, Halloween has won the best episode. And specifically Nick's nomination for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> oh, congratulations. We're all winners here, KJ. We're all winners here. <laughs> Although I will say, and you actually pointed this out to us even after the recording of it, that Halloween was a, a particularly well done episode where all of us were firing on all cylinders, including our guests, Chris who was very passionate about this film. In fact, I think before he knew that this was going to be later in our calendar and said that he still wanted to be on that. He joined us for Spaceballs earlier in the season, but Halloween was truly the one. He's like, I want to make sure I'm on that episode. He's a big fan of the horror genre, and the that film is responsible for creating a whole subgenre within that horror category. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun. Um, the the genre movies are kind of maybe more fun to talk about, um, in the sense that you're you're watching one movie, you're talking about one movie. But if the movie is really a grounded in a genre, um, you tend to talk about all of those movies, sort of, because there's so much overlap with other movies, and so it becomes. Um, it becomes almost like you're discussing a subculture rather than the achievement of a single movie. And so it makes the, you know, even if, even if we might say Halloween is not the, the heights of artistic accomplishment or, or something like that, the, the, that type of film is really, really fun to talk about. Hopefully we'll get into some like sci-fi stuff too next season too, because it has, I think that, that same kind of effect. Knowing us, there will be sci-fi films picked. In season two. But yeah, Halloween was a great episode. I, I really liked our, our exploration of it to, to toot our own horn here a little bit. Um, um, but the, the other the other movie that I was going to nominate was the Michael Hahn episode. I just felt a little weird nominating my my own episode, although no problem like that. anybody else here. That, yeah. that issue. Um, 
I well, the thing I liked about the Michael Hahn episode is Pat. Is that Gavin, a crack at me? Actually, Halloween was my episode. <laughs> it was. Well, and Brad was Tom. That's the <laughs> yeah. We all nominated her. <laughs> yeah, most of us. Um, <laughs> um, what I liked about the Michael Hahn episode is Pat Gavin hadn't seen a a, a more modern film in in a long time. He said, um, so I, I think he was kind of unconvinced by the beginning, but by the end. Uh, through the discussion, I, I think he realized he may have enjoyed that episode. So I kind of liked how we had a, a change in heart by somebody. Yeah, we really, I think that was, we. I should have nominated that. Uh, that episode think, was a roller, I'm sorry, not the episode. Yeah. The movie was a roller coaster. Yeah. Downs. yeah. I think that, at like, well, Pat was on Bride too. And, you know, the, the nice thing about kind of working with Pat on these is he usually comes to like a thesis or a theory by the end of it. Um, and I think in both cases, like with Mike O'Han, we kind of collectively came to the conclusion that it was this kind of, um, this sort of comedy of manners that it's, it actually ends up being this kind of really conservative view where we're sort of um, kind of invested in this real like traditional practice. Um, and that was kind of a fun conclusion to come to because that it took the episode to get there. It was a long one. Too. It was like 90 minutes. Right? I think it was your longest, KJ. It might have been. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Tom, why you chose Bride of Frankenstein. Now, I believe it was a solid episode. It wasn't one that jumped out in my mind, but I also might be, uh, my vision might have been blurred because I didn't particularly like the movie as much as I wanted to, although the episode was good. But is that the reason why you chose that, or was there more to it? Yeah, it was kind of the same reason. I think Bride, we just, um, it, it, we went through the movie like real thoroughly. Um, we we jumped into a lot of detail about it. We had um, theoretical discussion and disagreement about it. Like what what was Mary Shelley doing there? <laughs> you know, like that conversation. Like what is that scene doing in this movie? Um, I think everybody had a different perspective on it, and the perspective changed over the course of the episode. Uh, and we also like really went through. I mean, it's a, it's a long episode. It's maybe your second longest after. Uh, after your episode, Nick, second or third longest. Um, yeah, that's right. We... It's one minute less than uh, coming to America. So it was our yeah. second yep, longest. Yeah, no, Which is amazing that that was one of our longer episodes. I'm still shocked by that statistic. Yeah, yeah. That, but uh, and, and I think that's why I, I picked that, just because it was it, it involved that kind of um, thoroughness. So if you're like really into talking about, you know, ideas and movies and stuff and how they overlap, that was like a, you know, that was like really fun for me anyway, to go through that movie with you guys with that detail. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, Tom. And, and you're right. I think the episodes where somebody shows up with one idea and then leaves with another, those, those are those are our best episodes. If I'm going to, again, I feel quite arrogant here, but I, I do think that's that's when Talking Picture Trivia works at its best. And it worked really well with Mike Ohan. I think maybe even more with with that. Mike Ohan. Um <laughs> You know, so and we wanted to thank all the guests that have been on the show: James, Pat, Andy, Chris, Rachel, Ragnar, Justin, Kristen, Chris, Nick L, Nick L trains, huh? Doug, uh, Chris, Pat, Ryan, Mike, Ross, Roxanne, Nora, Christine, and Patrick. It's been a really fun season. Definitely, definitely was a good time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, on that note, we'd like to thank you for all joining us on the inaugural. Trivial Awards. A lot of good trivies were given out tonight. 
and I can't wait to see who the contenders are in season two. Join us for season two, which will include some changes to the show, including some theme movies, such as each of us picking a short, our guilty pleasures, and best picture nominees. Starting off the season, we'll be picking movies that we have not seen yet, but we have been meaning to see for a while. Check out our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com, for more information about us and our episodes. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts as well as our YouTube channel. We are extremely grateful for any positive reviews as those help others like you find us. If you like what you hear, remember to like and subscribe to our show. What did you think of these results? Leave a comment on our YouTube channel and let's continue the conversation. Join us next time as we start season two with the movie that I've been trying to watch for a long time and have not quite gotten around to see yet, 1973's American Graffiti. See you then. Ding, 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 ding.